let alone in Africa, but because I wanted to stay up on current events. As I began to read, I quickly realized that the graphic pictures that accompanied the article were horrific, skeletal men and women, children so weak they couldn't brush the flies away from their faces. I couldn't look at them. But for some strange reason, I was compelled to continue reading. So I partially covered my eyes with my hands and tried to peek through the cracks in my fingers at the words without looking at the faces of dying men, women, and children. God is really wise, and he knew exactly how to bypass my feeble attempts to block out the upsetting photographs. If he couldn't get my attention with the pictures, he would use the words. The phrase, 12 million children orphaned due to AIDS in Africa, jumped off the magazine pages and imprinted itself in my mind. I was shocked and stunned and, frankly, disbelieving. No, I said out loud, there's no way that there could be 12 million children orphaned in one place due to one illness at one time. I don't even know one orphan. How could there be 12 million? I threw the magazine on the floor in horror. But I couldn't get rid of this new reality so easily. That night I was haunted by the thought of 12 million boys and girls left alone, their parents the victims of AIDS. As I drifted into sleep, my last thought was about the orphans. I woke up in the morning with their little faces swirling through my mind. Suddenly, AIDS, Africa, and orphans were everywhere. Every newspaper I picked up had an article about AIDS in Africa. It seemed as though every newscast echoed the story. Over the next few weeks, I tried to escape the stories in the pictures, but I couldn't. God and I began an intense internal conversation. My first argument with him was over the numbers of people infected by HIV, the virus that causes AIDS, and the number of orphans left in the wake. I reasoned to myself that the media must be exaggerating the numbers. Since I consider myself pretty media savvy about global situations, surely I would know if a problem of this magnitude existed. As the days went by, the internal dialogue with God continued unabated, but it also began to shift focus. I gradually began to accept that while I had been raising my family— and serving in my church, a humanitarian crisis of gargantuan proportions had been escalating on our planet. There was no media exaggeration, no propaganda to garner sympathy for a minor cause. Something tragic and terrible was happening right under my nose. I felt powerless to do anything about this new reality thrust in front of me. I cried out to God, Why are you bothering me with this? There's nothing I can do about it. I'm just an ordinary person. What could one person do about such a gigantic problem? And by the way, in case you haven't noticed, I'm a white suburban mom with a minivan. What do I know about a disease in Africa? After a month of anguished wrestling with God, I reached a point in which I had to make a conscious decision. Would I retreat to my comfortable life and to my settled plans, pretending that I didn't know about the HIV AIDS pandemic and the millions of orphans? Or would I surrender to God's call and let my heart engage with a cause I was pretty sure would include buckets of pain and sorrow? I didn't know what would happen if I said yes to this increasingly strong urge to engage. I mean, what did engaging even mean after all? I felt like I was standing on the edge of a giant precipice. I couldn't go back, and yet the way forward looked like stepping into a void. The moment of decision came. With eyes closed and teeth clenched tightly, I finally said yes, and the second I did, my heart broke, and I was shattered. It was though God took my heart and he put it through a wood chipper. What went in was a branch, but what came out on the other side was a heart shredded into a million pieces. With lightning speed, God yanked the blindfold of apathy, ignorance, and complacency from my eyes, and I was overcome by the realities of the suffering he revealed. 
I ached with a new kind of pain, a pain that felt as though it had come from the most visceral part of me. I was filled with sorrow and grief. I wept as though I was the one who was sick, or it was my child who was dying, or I was the orphan left alone. I knew next to nothing about HIV-AIDS, but my heart was instantly linked with those who know it intimately. Like the Apostle Paul knocked off of his donkey on the road to Damascus, I was changed by my encounter with truth. I became a seriously disturbed woman. Suddenly I was consumed with a desire to learn about HIV-AIDS. I devoured every book, article, and video I could get my hands on. I searched the Internet for websites that would teach me about this global crisis. I consulted healthcare professionals. I put out feelers through all of my contacts in search of anyone who could help me understand how HIV-AIDS began, what was known about it, and what could be done. I was disturbed, almost frantic in my hurry to make up for lost time. Disturbed.